and fathers of the nation and and their family has continued through all of that and they've got the the uh, family tree to to support the that information uh, well my my uh, family tree goes back only so far in America but in the Bible it goes back to Noah and then to Adam <laughs> children they are of necessity the survival of a nation to murder the unborn they call it abortion but it is murder and to pervert morality such that children are not born or not born to a nucleus family is the death of a nation and we we hear uh, uh documentation that nations are ceasing to lose their identity because they've not replaced themselves. I understand it takes a little over two and a half children per couple to just replace the population for um, uh, that nation. I'm not sure how that half child survives, but but on the average, we'll put it that way, it takes two and a half children. And uh, those statistics are going down. And uh, it becomes the death of a nation. Children, they are the next generation of a local church. When they get saved, baptized and added to the church, They learn, they are discipled, they're equipped, they're trained. When one generation is no longer able to evangelize the lost and no longer able to be a lighthouse to the community, it is the next generation that uh, the Lord has used that church to bring up to carry on the great work of the Lord Jesus Christ. God said in Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of the mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Children are God's gift to parents with a responsibility of stewardship that is accountable to God. But they are a heritage from the Lord, a gift from the Lord. Let me interject this. Our children do not belong to the state. Communism, and that's getting uh, wider spread in our culture and in our government thinking, they think children belong to the state, the words of the state. Biblically, that is a lie of the devil. God gave the children and entrusted them to the parents and gave the parents the responsibility of the full training and direction and everything about that child. And you have an accountability to God with that responsibility. Now, in our text, we learn of the failure of the disciples' thinking and a failure of some of their values But we also learn of the eternal values of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when it comes to children. In three Gospels, it is recorded how there was parents that brought their children to Jesus. And the disciples got in the way and said, let's not be bothered with children in essence. And here we learn the Lord's values. 
So let me begin with the desire of the parents. They brought their children to Jesus. Nobody was forcing them. Nobody was telling them they had to. This was a choice of the parents. Uh, it, it was a, uh, a, a testimony of their values, but they brought their children to Jesus. As I said, this represents what the parents valued most. What you do with your children or don't do with your children is a testimony of your greatest values in your life. What is most important? You'll find that many even professing Christian families have as their most important value the athletic activities for their children. It is so important to them that their children become excellent athletes that they will abandon the church, abandon church service. They are committed to the sports program and not committed to the Lord. Or they may want their child to become a scholar. And everything is about education. Now, there's nothing wrong with athletics They're in and of themselves. There's nothing wrong with uh, education if it is taught correctly. But when it becomes a substitute for a relationship with God, and when it is taught and led by the parents, it is a wrong road. Some will do everything to have their child be famous. Others, they want their child to know how to be wealthy and teach them to be dissatisfied without great wealth. Or do you value most that your child be right with God? What is your great value? Now you can say it and you can declare and say, well, this is my great value. But your great value, your greatest value when it comes to your children will be demonstrated in your commitment of time, your commitment of influence, your commitment of where you're going to take them and what you're going to do with them. And here we have parents that was committed and dedicated to bring their children to Jesus. I wish people who claim to be Christians that spend thousands of dollars either every year or quite frequently to have their kids involved in certain secular activities. And, and they think it is absolutely horrible if they miss an event or miss a practice. They spend thousands of dollars traveling across the nation so their children can be involved in that and they are uncommitted to the things of God. And we wonder why the church is failing because the next generation is being led astray. <coughs> what do you value most? Now in the context, this speaks of infants, little children or toddlers. They are too young to really comprehend why they are there. I, I enjoy seeing the little ones. I enjoy being able to hold the little ones. Mrs. Miller and I have numerous grandchildren and some great-grandchildren, and they're scattered around the world, and we don't get to hold them very often. We don't get to enjoy them very often. And so when we have the little ones and, and the kids in our church, it's like they're our grandkids. They're our family. We just love them. And I enjoy holding them. They may not understand. They may be too young. A couple of the little ones, they, they may not even, who is this guy wanting to hold me? But do you know what? 
It's never too early to begin influencing your children for the Lord. It is never too early. Medical science, and we presume they have this correct, say that the things that the unborn hear while they are in the womb, whether it be the music, whether it be the parent's voice, whether it be the disposition of the parents, the little ones in the womb grasp that. Even the secular world encourages you to have music for them while they are yet in the womb. And what greater music could you begin your child than with great godly hymns? Influence them, even in the womb. And and, and what greater uh, routine and, and commitment could you influence your children with than to have them in church when the church doors are open? You see, it's never too early to influence your children for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I remember, and, and, and this was a pretty gritty mother, and I think I've shared this before, but uh, when she had her fifth child, uh, they had to go, like we did, 80 miles to the hospital for the delivery. And uh, it was late evening, uh, towards in the, in the middle of the night when she uh, gave birth to their fifth child. And um, everything was well, everything was okay. And she said to her husband, let's go home, we're okay. That was still in the night, hadn't got to the next morning yet. And he said to his wife, I'm tired, I don't think I can stay awake to go home. She says, well, if you can hold the baby, I can drive home. And they went home that night. And the very next Sunday, they had that newborn in church. You know, there's, there's an awful lot that has been said, well, you don't want to take your kids out into the social circles, and, and maybe there are certain ones you ought to be careful of. But I will say this, each of those kids that were brought up in that way are the healthiest of rascals I've ever met. It didn't hurt their immune system. It didn't hurt their health. They were in church. It's never too early to begin influencing your children for the Lord. Do you understand if you do not influence your children for the Lord, others will influence them for the devil? There's only two ways about it. That's all there is. Either you influence them for the Lord Jesus Christ or there will come an influence that will influence them for the devil and snatch them up as much as possible. Now, this is not teaching that the parents were bringing their children to be sprinkled to get into heaven. It's not teaching that. That is an unbiblical teaching around the world. It started with Catholicism, and they told all of their families way back when that uh, if you don't bring your children to be sprinkled, they'll have to go to hell. And they used that to terrorize the parents and to force the parents to get their kids into the church and did so with fear. And that started with Catholicism. It's never taught in the Bible. It's never recorded in the Bible. You'll find certain Protestant churches borrowed that when they came out of Catholicism and they did it for the same reason. 
The Bible is very clear that we are saved by grace through faith. And you have to understand the gospel message to have that faith. And nowhere is it teaching, and, they, and sometimes they'll try to use this to promote that false teaching. And there's a great tragedy that happens. Many people think their kids are safe, and that makes them safe for many years in life when it does not. Some will ask on that question, and I will give you this answer. When Abraham was concerned about what was going to happen with the cities and with Lot and interceded on their behalf, and the Lord says, this is what I will do. Abraham responded, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So when it comes to children, if I could not trust God to do right with the little ones, I could not trust him to do right on anything. Nobody loves and cares for children any more, any more intensely than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. When it comes to children, we know God will always do right, but will you do right as a parent? There's an army of parents that that will complain and criticize God for what has happened in their life or for their little ones. And they will fail in their responsibility and do worse and make a pathway for their children to hell. The parents brought their children for Jesus to bless them and pray for them. The word bless carries the, the, the essence of, of uh, living in God's favor. And you know, it's never too early to bring your children to understand that you want to live a life and in the presence of the Lord in such a way that you live in the favor of God. And to pray. Hey, I couldn't ask anybody better to pray for my children than the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he ascended to the right hand of the Father, he became our great intercessor on our behalf. And so here we have a a public testimony of parents who demonstrated that their high value was to bring their children to Jesus. These parents with strong spiritual values met a strong disapproval when they came to the Lord. You know, sometimes, and that was with the disciples. Sometimes disapproval comes from some strange places. Now, you and I as believers and as children of God, uh, we don't necessarily find it strange when worldly parents who are committed to drag their kids everywhere with athletics or whatever it is, and they criticize you for being committed to have your child in church when the church doors are open and to bring them to Jesus. We, we kind of expect that. We understand that because they don't understand spiritual values. We, we kind of understand when, when an evil government and a tyrannical government says that the children belong to them and they try to stop you from, from bringing your children to Jesus. And, and there are governments around the world that have made it illegal to share the gospel with your own children. And I think there are those within our own government that would like to push that. And really, it is no surprise for the ungodly to do this. 
to try to stop you and keep you from bringing the children to Jesus Christ. Yet it is quite another thing when disapproval comes from within the church family, like it did here with the disciples. You see, that word rebuke, it says the the disciples rebuked the parents. Get your kids out of here. And it's not only that in a singular form, but it's in a linear form. They kept rebuking, and here's a parent comes, get your kid out of here, stop. Get your kid out of here, stop. Get your kids out of here, stop. They kept on doing it, and and they were impeding and stopping parent after parent after parent from bringing their infant and their toddlers and their little ones to Jesus Christ. Obviously, it is a result of having an unbiblical value because their value did not match God's. We could ask ourselves, why would the disciples do that? It doesn't necessarily say. But there are reasons why some people get in between others and the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes there are those that just feel like the kid's coming would be a problem, a disturbance, and an interference as to what's happening. Sometimes they feel that way. That's a wrong thinking, but sometimes they feel that way. Sometimes it is a problem of jealousy. They're jealous that the Lord was giving his attention to the children instead of to them as the disciples. And it's like, You can't be here. He's ours. It's our time. We're going to be together. He he has something to teach. And yes, he does have something to teach them. (laughs) But you know, sometimes they want to monopolize the time that is, is with him. Brother Will, this is something you'll have to learn going into the pastorate. You and I are not Jesus Christ, but we are pastors. And and you will discover that as you invest your life in an individual and help them grow with the intention of letting them begin to minister so you can invest more time in another one, they get jealous of your time. And they'll get upset with you because now they don't get as much time and your time is going elsewhere. It's not that we abandon them. It's not that we're turning them out to grass. It's that we have trained and raised them to be able to minister to others and to reach others so that now we can uh, minister to others as well. And, And do you know what? I don't know how many times I've seen people get mad and leave church because they didn't get enough of the pastor's time. Here we see uh, that jealousy, possibly that same spirit in these disciples. And folks, I believe this is a teachable moment, not only with children, but in our working relationship with one another, that as we grow in the Lord, the Lord is growing us so we can expand our ministry and minister to more. Uh, As we have people coming in, the pastor just can't get around everybody. And and, uh, on Sunday morning or Sunday evening or, or Thursday evening, I like to, I try to speak with everybody, but you know, there's many that I need to spend a little time with a lot. And so here there could have been jealousy that got in the way on that. But nonetheless, they had their disapproval for whatever their reason was. 
But the disciples quickly learned the displeasure of the Lord for their behavior. We saw the desire of the parents. We saw the disapproval of the disciples. But here's the displeasure of the Lord for their behavior. The Lord gave a double-edged reprimand. Mark 10.14 says he was much displeased. Carries the, the connotation of, of righteous indignation. And just, you know, you ought to know better than this. And, and this ought not to be. And he gives a double-edged sword in the response and in the rebuke. He says, suffer the little children to come unto me. That word suffer, we always think of it in terms of pain and agony and misery. Uh, the old English word, it was also used in sentences meaning to permit. And so we have the positive side here. He's telling the disciples, permit the parents to bring their children. Allow them. Let them come. Let them bring them. This is a good thing. And then he uses the negative side of it, forbid them not. So not only permit them to come, but get out of the way and don't be an obstacle. Let them bring their children to the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of Luke in chapter 17, verse 2, it said it would be better to have a millstone around the neck and cast into the water than to offend one of the little ones. That was a a punishment that was, I don't know how common, but used during that time. And so they really understood it. I, I guess the mafia, whether it be Chicago, New York, or different places, the mafia talk about a concrete foot bracelet, and uh, that's where uh, they, they attach concrete to the foot of an opponent and dump them into the water. Well, that would be similar to what we're talking about here, where it was connected to the neck and cast in the water. And, and the Lord wasn't promoting this type of brutality, but he was saying it would be better for you to experience that than for you to get in the way of children coming to the Lord. That's how important children are. Now, this is not excusing bad management or oversight of children, but preventing the opportunity to bring children to the Lord. When we come to the church house, you know, an awful lot in our culture has done away with respect and reverence and sacredness. And that has followed the secular line, not the sacred teaching. We need to remember that that when we come to the church house, especially the auditorium, and, and children are going to be children, they don't know any better. And so as adults and as parents, we have to teach them But the auditorium is not the place to run and yell and hoot and holler and carry on. We need to teach them reverence unto the Lord in certain places. Run and hoot and holler, there's good places to do that, but the auditorium is not one. And we need to teach children the sacredness of the place of worship that has been dedicated and set aside unto the Lord. But it should never become... We should never endeavor to be a roadblock to bringing children to the Lord. And then number four, the Lord affirms his delight with children. Jesus received them into his arms, it says. Wow. Do you know it's one thing to grab your own little child and bring it up into your arms, or maybe your grandchild or great-grandchild? 
but to take somebody else's child. And I don't think there's a guarantee. Now, I don't know how this happened. I just know the laws of nature and life. There's no guarantee that one of those child's children didn't have a dirty diaper. <laughs> now, the parents may not have at that moment brought him to Jesus. They may have went and changed it and cleaned it up and brought it. It doesn't say that a child didn't cough and spit up on, on his robe. I've had more than one occasion that my suit has been soiled by holding a little one. And it wasn't our child or grandchild. It was one of the little ones that have come to church. I've never complained. I've never complained to the parent. I've had parents apologize and they give a burp diaper or whatever. But do you know what? I've never complained because I had the privilege of holding that child and sharing the love of God with that child. And so as they brought their children to Jesus, and here again we're understanding the infants and the toddlers, the, very, the youngest. I'm sure there were some older ones that come along. But it's talking about these very little ones. We see the compassion and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ towards children. And I trust that we at Foothills Baptist Church will be known as a church that loves children like the Lord Jesus Christ did and does. And we see here what he did. And then he blessed them. Influence your children so that early in life they learn to be in the place where their lives can be blessed by God. There's a multitude of places your children can go that they really can't live in God's favor. That, that's what being blessed by God is talking about, living in God's favor. There's a lot of places you can take your kids that, that you really can't live in God's favor or behave in God's favor there. But teach your children early the importance and the essence of living and coming into the place where they can have the blessing of God and live in the favor of God. And then he prayed for them. Oh, there have been those that have prayed for our children over and over, and I praise God for that. And like I said earlier, there's no greater intercessor than the Lord Jesus Christ for our children. He interceded. He prayed for them. Then Jesus uses the children for a lesson about salvation. And when he spoke of them as infants, do understand, they had no individual ability to come and jump up on the Lord's lap or into his arms. They had no merit to be there. Here is a great truth about salvation. You and I, from youngest to oldest, we have nothing about us that makes us good enough to be accepted by God. We do not have the ability to earn our salvation, to pay for our salvation, even if we are the wealthiest of, of wealthy. I was looking at the list of some of the largest landowners in America and they're up into one and two million acres of land. 
even they can't buy their way into heaven. And so he uses a lesson here that that we have the total inability. We have to come and understand that we have an inability to receive, to, to get our salvation or work for our salvation or buy our salvation. But when we come unworthy and when we come realizing we can't do it, totally dependent upon Jesus Christ, that's how we come to salvation. But then he also uses the simplicity of faith. Now we can write pages and pages of the doctrine about faith. And we can use big words, we can use little words about the doctrine of repentance and the doctrines of justification and the doctrine of redemption and the doctrine of sanctification and the doctrines of soteriology. And and we can write pages and pages, but the fact of the matter is salvation is simple. It is not complicated. And Jesus Christ intended for it to be that simple. So that the the most scholarly intellect, if they can get over their intellect, can simply put their faith in Jesus Christ and come through a spirit of repentance. So that the youngest of child that can understand salvation, that within their heart they will come with a spirit of repentance and put their faith in Jesus Christ. My wife at the age of five did just that. (coughs) And she has never once doubted the saving work of Christ in her life. My friend, it's simple. It's not complicated. And when people try to make it complicated, they simply get one day closer to an eternity in hell. But our Lord and Savior made it simple. That's why in a lot of my preaching, I try to keep things simple. There's a lot of big words that can be used. And every now and then I use one just so you know, I know one or two. (laughs) But when it comes to preaching the word of God, one preacher said, Put the cookies on the lower shelf so even the kids can get them. I want it to be so simple that everybody can understand the biblical truth. I'm not here to try to portray myself as as some intelligent scholar. I'm here as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I'm I'm here as a messenger of the gospel message. And I want everybody to understand it so that they can know how to be saved and be right with God. Yes, one of the greatest things any parent can do is bring their child to Jesus and be faithful to the local church in growing them and throughout their life. For me, I would rather be a trailblazer to the cross than a roadblock that creates a detour to hell. So many times as the twig is bent, so grows the tree. And I want to state a public thank you to my dad and mom because from the very time that I was born, they valued having me in church and Sunday school and midweek service and evangelistic meetings and a Bible camp 
into Vacation Bible School, into every time our church had its doors open in services. They gave me the greatest of opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I am not saved because my parents were Christians and my grandparents were Christians and my great-grandparents on the Miller side were, were Christians. I am saved because I had an opportunity to understand what it means and to repent and put my faith in Jesus Christ. And not only that, but I owe them a thank you for sparing me from many sinful scars without Christ. Jesus Christ will save any sinner at any age, at any stage in their life, from the youngest who can understand it to the oldest who still understands but may be on the verge of losing their mentality. From those who have been good in humanity but still need saved to those that have been the vilest of sinners. Having been saved at a young age does not make me any better than the individual that gets saved at a later time in life that was the vilest of sinners. Because neither of us earned it, neither of us uh, were indebted to have salvation, it was still by grace through faith. But do you know, I know the sin nature of my heart, and had I not received Jesus Christ as Savior, sometimes it scares me as to what kind of man I would have turned into be. And all the scars and all of the hurt and all of the, the tragedy and all of the grief that is the consequences of sin that is self-inflicted. There's so much of that that because I had parents that they bringing me to Jesus, they have spared my life of that. Now, if this is your life, if it has been filled with sin and full of scars and full of consequences and full of hardship, do understand God still loves you. God can still save you. And God can give you the grace to deal with those problems. That, that there's no limit to, to the goodness of our God in what he can do in righteousness. So please understand that. I just want to say thank you for what God has provided for me through my parents. I believe one of the greatest ministries of our church can be to, to love, care, and reach out to children. Now, parents... I am not saying that we have a guarantee of the child's outcome in life or eternity. But what I can say is we can have a clear conscience that we led the path to the cross of Christ and did everything we could to block the trail to hell. And we can have that clear conscience. Children have a free will. They can make their own choice. But as parents, we have a responsibility and an opportunity. Father, we come to you, and as, as we have looked at this, we've seen the value that, that the Lord Jesus Christ has for children. 
And Father, I pray that we would share in that value. That for parents here, or those that will be parents someday, that they will, they will build upon this value and strengthen their life and strengthen their parenting to influence their children to have the right values and to have the Savior. I pray for each one, O oh God. And then for grandparents, our influence upon grandchildren or great-grandchildren, let it be godly. And Father, I pray that you could use us to raise up another generation that's saved, that loves the Lord Jesus Christ with all their heart and has a great desire to serve you. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. For more information about Foothills Baptist Church of Loveland, Colorado, you may visit our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com. If you wish to donate to this radio ministry, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 80539. Once more, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 80539. Or you may go to our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com and click on the Give tab. We would love to have you visit our regular Sunday services with morning worship at 9.30, Sunday school at 10.50, and Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. And until we meet again, be sure you are... Living by faith, living by faith, in Jesus above, in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in His great love, yes, in His great love. From all arms safe, in his sheltering arm, his sheltering arm. I'm living by faith, I'm living by faith, and feel no
Reasons to Own Gold, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group at allamericangold.com. Reason number 647. Most people don't even know that the courts have already ruled. Once money is deposited into the bank, the bank owns the money, and the depositor is merely an unsecured creditor of the bank, which means if the bank goes under, you get paid last. After the financial crisis, instead of breaking up too big to fail, the government and the Federal Reserve created Dodd-Frank and made too big to fail banks even bigger while putting your deposits more at risk. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. To learn more, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800 951 any major disaster, especially weather-related, when the power goes out, can cause people to suddenly panic. Within hours, grocery store shelves in your area can be picked clean. Food supply lines get interrupted, and food is hard to find. 
At that point, it's too late to do anything about it. You must survive only on the food you already have in your home or risk waiting for the government to respond while you're standing in food lines. So ask yourself, do you have enough food in your home to last for weeks or months? That's why the smart move is to secure your family's personal supply of the most reliable emergency food you can buy. Having at least four weeks' worth of food is not a luxury. It's mandatory. If you don't want you and your family to end up in this situation, go to 1360KHNC.com and click on the Patriot Supply button at the top of the page. That's 1360KHNC.com and click on the Patriot Supply button. It's a perfect time to plant trees during the Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale. Buy the first tree at regular price and get a second tree for only 50 cents. Choose from thousands of carryout-sized shade trees, flowering trees, evergreen trees, and more. Buy one 7- to 8-foot-tall flowering tree for only two sixty-nine fifty, and get another tree for only 50 cents. That's two 7-gallon trees for only two seventy. You Come take see. I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the tree farm. This Christmas, experience the magic of Rocky Mountain Freeze-Dry. Our artisan freeze-dried ice cream crafted by our local Colorado company brings a unique twist. Ice cream that doesn't melt. From classic vanilla to exciting cookie dough, our crunchy treats melt into velvety smooth joy. And for a nostalgic twist, try our puffed-up candies, perfect for gifts and stocking stuffers. Visit RockyMountainFreezeDry.com and unwrap the extraordinary. Ho, ho, ho! This is Mark Hall, host of the Come Out of Her My People show here on the Roar of the Rockies. Tune in to discover why, whether it's the law of the land or scripture, what you've probably heard it says is not what is written. It's time to come out of all of that. Hello friends, this is Bradley Dean, show host for the Sons of Liberty. Join me on KHNC 1360 AM every weekday at 8 p.m., Saturdays at 5 to 7 p.m., and Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. My name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home and business, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-405-3740 or email me at nococarpetcleaning at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my reviews on Google. 
Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out. 970-776-0258. My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. This is Steve at Ramsey Auto Group. Hey, this is Mike from Ramsey Auto Group. Just stopping in to say hi, let you know that we're still open, still in business, and still rocking and rolling. You know, if you're looking for a good car experience, come see us. We have old school values. We still operate by handshake. We're not pushy. We want you to be happy, and uh, we have a great selection of trucks. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley. 970-443-5654. 970-443-5654. Are you looking to sell your excess construction equipment? Trust Steffes Group's team of professionals to get you the best return on your investment. Steffes Group is a nationally recognized leader in the auction business with over 60 years of experience. Their team of professionals prioritize honesty, integrity, and outstanding service, and they work with you every step of the way to ensure a smooth and successful auction process. Go to steffesgroup.com right now to find a sales representative near you and discuss your options today. Need pain relief? Gruska's Topical Mist Spray-On Water-Based Carbon 60 Suspension quickly absorbs into the skin, penetrating into muscles and joints to help reduce oxidative stress and inflammation. Spray it on to mist away your pain. Visit c-60.com or call 720-600-6040. Be sure to tell them that Naturally Inspired Radio sent you. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. Hi, I'm Tammy Cuthbert garcia from Naturally Inspired Nutrition. We can help you build a lifestyle, not a diet. Together, we will discover unlocking your food stories, building a food philosophy, eating food for medicine. We'll use a simple swap system. We will use an easy transformation system, and there'll be no more diets necessary. Naturally Inspired Nutrition, helping people feel good so they can do what they love for longer. Get more information or book today at naturallyinspirednutrition.com. Welcome to Naturally Inspired Radio, coming to you from Wild County, Colorado, a right-to-farm community in the heartland of America. Providing real solutions for healthy living, get back to basics, defend your right to health, big pharma, big insurance, big food needs a big overhaul. Naturally Inspired Radio, helping people feel good so they can do what they love for longer. Hello, hello. Welcome to Thursday. You've almost made it through the week. Can you believe it? I tell you what, these weeks are just flying by, especially December. I felt a slight pang of panic uh, this morning when I realized, oh my gosh, how many days do I have left to get all my Christmas stuff done? Fortunately, you know, we don't, you know, our kids are older now and stuff, so we don't have to run out and get the latest toy. We don't have to, you know, have all the things and all the secret stuff going on. And I, in reflection, I can, I can kind of feel grateful. Not that I didn't enjoy all that stuff when my kids were little, but I can kind of like 
you know, embrace where we're at at this point in our family and in our life that I don't have to do all that stuff anymore. Although, you know, parts of me miss it, but at the same time, I'm like, I really don't need to get this anxious, stressed out about this time of year. I can just chill. <laughs> I can just take my time decorating. I can, you know, get the gifts that I want to get. It's not like a whole bunch of stuff anymore. We're really big on experiences in our family rather than things. And uh, so, yeah, it's just different. It's just different as your kids get older. So I hope you're getting ready. I hope you're not stressing yourself out about this time of season. I know it's easy to do, but don't do that to yourself. You know, take a breath and try to to relax through the season and enjoy the moments. No one even remembers, you know, that thing you forgot or what they got last year or, you know, you know, they don't remember that. They remember the interactions that we had with each other. They remember if they saw you or not. They remember how you told them what was going on in your life. That's the stuff they remember. They don't remember whether you brought a pound cake to Aunt Joan's party or not. <laughs> it's not the stuff we focus on. So I hope that brings you a little peace of mind. I know I kind of did that self-talk to myself. We have a great show for you today. Uh, lots of things, first of all, lots of, lots of things flying around in the news. Uh, this New Zealand story that we've touched on a few times over the last week uh, or so. Uh, I'll just re refresh your memory if you haven't been listening all week. Uh, Barry Young, a, status, a statistician out of New Zealand, uh, released some data along with the support of Steve Kirsch, who verified the data. data that approximately, um, you know, 20 out of a thousand shots given out in New Zealand resulted in deaths. That's an approximation. You can go to my Twitter feed, Tammy Cuthbert G, and look at the posts so you can verify all that stuff and look at the actual whistleblower, the story from Liz Gunn, who was a journalist uh, who covered the data and covered the story with Barry Young. He was then arrested upon this. Uh, this, you know, this this release of the data, not because the data was wrong or considered fraudulent. No, no. It was because New Zealand government didn't like the way he obtained the data. So fast forward, Steve Kirsch flies over to the UK for a hearing. Turns out a bunch of MPs show up, and, uh, more than expected, uh, Andrew Brigden is an MP there that's kind of been banging the drum about vaccine injury and whatnot. Uh, he's usually the only one in Parliament that'll present any kind of pushback against the vaccines. Whenever he shows up, apparently, in Parliament, all the other MPs leave. <laughs> so they weren't expecting a huge turnout. I believe Robert Malone was there, Dr. Ryan Cole, Steve Kirsch, and some other people, maybe Dr. Pierre Corey, I believe. Anyway, they went there to present. They expected they'd probably just have Andrew there. But turns out there was uh, 17 or so MPs. So that was like really a great turnout for this kind of thing because they've been stonewalled for so long. So Steve went over there, presented. He actually interviewed with Russell, Br 